Hey, welcome everybody. This is the State of the CIO, where we talk with America's top IT leaders about the changing role of technology in the C-suite. I'm your host, Dan Kelly. Hey everybody, we've got a wonderful guest with us today. Her name is Helen Norris. She's the Vice President and CIO of Chapman University. Hi, Helen. Hi, Dan. How are you doing today? Lovely. Thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Uh, just a brief introduction, and then I'll, I'll have you introduce yourself. Um, according to our notes here, you've got uh, almost 20 years of experience working in higher education informa- information technology. You've been the VP and CIO at Chapman since uh, June of 2014. Prior to Chapman, you served as the associate CIO at California State University, Sacramento, and as the senior IT director at UC Berkeley. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then I see you have a bachelor's degree from Trinity College in Dublin, one of my favorite places, and a master's degree in uh, computer resource management and business administration from Webster University in St. Louis. Right. You uh, probably need a pretty big wall for all the plaques here. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're originally from Ireland, we were talking about before the show. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Helen. How did you uh, come to be within uh, the world of IT? I grew up, as you mentioned, I grew up in Ireland, and I, I've been working in higher ed IT for over 20 years, but I've been in the workplace for, I'm, I'm way older than that. I've been in the workplace for a long time. So I grew up in the 70s. Ireland. I was the first in my family to go to college. So I didn't really have a, a an understanding of the business world. My parents were very, very middle class people. My dad worked in a factory and um, my mother stayed home for the most part with us. So I was very good at mathematics. So I went to college thinking that I would be a maths teacher because that's about the only thing I could think of in that environment. Um, At that point, you know, computers were just beginning to come into the mainstream. Uh, While I was in college at Trinity, I took a class in computer programming because we needed to use computer programming to do some numerical analysis. And I I really loved it. So I was very lucky to kind of stumble into my career because, you know, if I'd gone with what I thought I was going to do, I'd have been a high school teacher. (laughs) So (laughs) after I graduated from college, I I always kind of joke that in America, people maybe move to another city, but I grew up in Dublin. There weren't that many other cities in Ireland. So I I actually lived in um, Frankfurt in West Germany for a number of years. I worked for the U.S. Army as a computer programmer. When I moved to the United States first, I I moved from, I, I was lucky early in my career to move around to various different fields or, or aspects of IT. I worked as a programmer. I was a systems administrator. I was a network engineer. I was on a service desk. And I think that's a really good preparation for a CIO role. I, I used to say, you know, I've done every job that there is in IT. Of course, that's no longer true because we keep adding new areas of interest and, and new positions and new areas of emphasis, I guess. So I haven't done everything, but I have a really rounded background. That's excellent. You know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, your your on-the-job learning. You know, it, you almost kind of took a grassroots approach and and how you feel like that was really pivotal to your to your ability to become the 
level of position you are now. If you could speak a little bit more, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think some of it is uh, some of what you get in kind of your on-the-job training or your on-the-job experience. Uh, some of it is in some areas I stumbled into it. I, do, I didn't always have a plan. But one of the things I, I would say, I think education is really important. When I was working, I did return to college uh, to complete my master's degree. And I think that that was really, really valuable and filled in a lot of spots for me that I, I feel I was missing. But you learn so much on the job. So I think putting yourself in a position where you have the opportunity to learn is really important and that you're working with people that you can learn from is is really, really important. So what I always tell people, I know this is going to be hard to see here on a podcast, but I think people think of their careers as being a constant progression up. But actually, I would say one of the things that worked for me is that I was always open to kind of moving across and taking a lateral move in order to learn more about an area or of emphasis in technology that I, I didn't know that much about. So taking advantage of opportunities, whether it's, it's within the, uni- the organization that you where you already are, to kind of move across and work in a different area, I would always take advantage of that. And uh, I think that's been very helpful for me. Now in my current role, I think it's really important for me to give those opportunities to other people on my team. So I I have an example of, I have a a person who works for me. She's a senior director. She's always worked on the customer service side. She manages customer service, client services for the university from an IT perspective. But in order for her to move into a CIO role, she's gonna need some breath. So I offered her the opportunity to manage an enterprise system systems upgrade. So she gained a great deal of experience as a project manager. She learned a lot about enterprise systems, and that helps, I think, prepare her for moving up in the organization. I'd like to parley on that real quick, because one of our uh, topics here is women in technology, right? Right. Could I know this is a passionate topic uh, for you. So could you speak to you know how you've seen it evolve over the last uh, 10 years and where you think it's going to evolve in the next 10 years, right? So almost looking in the rearview mirror versus out the windshield. Sure. Well, you know, I've been working in technology actually since the 1980s. So, you know, I've got a depth of experience. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm really um, actually pretty discouraged because I don't see a huge, I haven't seen a huge shift just from a numbers perspective. You know, when I look at my organization here, I remember I had a job back in the 80s where I was the only woman in the particular team in the IT organization. And now I I look at my teams here and I still have teams where there are no women or where there are maybe one woman. So sometimes I'm a little bit discouraged. I think what I have seen though is that women have moved into senior roles like like I've been able to do. Because I, I think in the past, it, you know, all of my managers, uh, all of the leaders were, were always men and always white men, you know. So I encourage that those of us that are in technology seem to have, the, have had more opportunity in the last 10 or 15 years to move into leadership roles. 
I think one of the other things that's a positive is because the field is always growing and there's different areas of emphasis, we do see women in areas where perhaps um, people think of it as kind of the soft skills side. So you see a lot of women in project management, you see a lot of women in customer service. We still continue to not see as many women, I think, in the network side or even the privacy and security kind of areas. And so I, I feel like we still have a lot of work to do there. Some of that, I think, goes back to education. I look across the country, I, you know, because I, I work in higher ed, I, I know a little bit about this. The number of students, if you look at the percentage of, of university students across the country, it's overwhelmingly female. You know, women outnumber men in universities almost I think it's around 58% to 42%. But yet in engineering and STEM fields, it's still overwhelmingly male. So I still think we have a lot of work to do, even at the high school level, to encourage girls to move into, to consider an education that leads to a career in, in technology. I'm really encouraged by some of the organizations I've seen working on this, things like Girls Who Code or Black Girls Code. I think they can really make a difference. I think they have been making a difference. So I'm encouraged to see that. I think it's really important in technology for us to have diverse teams, both from a gender perspective, from every perspective, from a background and ethnic perspective. It's the right thing to do. But it's also the smart thing to do because we produce better products when we bring in different perspectives to help us develop tools that are easier or more acceptable for people to use. After all, the people we serve, it's a diverse set of people that we serve, particularly in universities. So it's, it's important for us to reflect that in our organizational makeup. It's really impactful. Yeah, I, I'm curious on your comment about, you know, you're in a unique position. And not only are you in the top level role you can get, quite frankly, in IT, but you're also in education, right? So, you know, maybe you could speak to maybe how you uh, how you leverage, you know, the experience of getting the hands-on, hands-on real-world experience that you can throw on the resume that you can talk to in, a, in an interview, you know, for your students. Perhaps you could speak a little bit about that. Well, I, I do actually, before I answer that question, I want to kind of throw out another thing that I think is important. One of the reasons I think it's really important for us to continue to reach out to women to work in technology. I, I think our demographics show us that, and I think as a leader, I feel this now, we simply don't have enough people in the United States working in technical fields. Some studies show that by 2025, we'll have a million jobs that we will not be able to fill because we simply won't have people in technical fields, engineering, because we're not producing enough people to fill those jobs. So it's important for us to reach to as many people as possible just for a competitive advantage for the United States. We'll be at a disadvantage if we don't really bring in everybody who can work in this field because that's the skills that people need in the future. So in, in terms of working within as a technology, as a technologist in higher education, we have both here at Chapman and, and at other universities where I've worked at the, the Cal State system or at, at UC Berkeley, you know, obviously we have um, programs that we offer 
focused in technology or, or currently, you know, places like data and privacy. One of the things that I really enjoy doing is participating. We I feel fortunate that we get the opportunity to work with our faculty to present to students in the classroom environment, either myself or some of my direct reports. In fact, our information security officer this morning was teaching a class to a set of business school students because it's important for them to hear how what they're learning today, some of the the things they're going to deal with in kind of in the real world environment. So we connect with our faculty and our students in that way. We have both here at Chapman and, and again at other universities where I've worked, we do typically have, going back to the women in technology piece, women in science and technology um, organizations where frequently I will meet with them or speak to them about my experience and that's um, hopefully helpful to them. We also hire a significant number of student employees and student interns. And I think that's one of the best ways to help the students complement their academic program with real world learning. I'm also pretty active with a couple of other organizations in Southern California where we work with employers who are seeking student interns and, and place with those employers in, in order to get real world experience and often to come out of that with a with a job, an actual job, which is a, a real positive. So there are some of the things that I've been able to do both here at Chapman and in other universities in, in the past. I, I think um, sometimes both in higher education, I think in other areas too, in the past, I feel there was a vision or a, a model of IT being kind of a back office function. You know, they I think people thought we sat in the back room and we ate pizza and played Dungeons and Dragons or something. I don't know. I, I think it's really important to get out of that model. And so one of the things that I've done here and in the past is really encouraged my team to be a member of the campus community. And I, I feel that that's what I am. I'm a member of the campus community. I have relationships with faculty and with students. And that I think helps me and my team provide a better job to support them because we understand their needs that much better. But it also gives us the opportunity to um, share some of our knowledge with both our colleagues and our students. Right. That's, that's really insightful. We, we parlayed right into our, quite frankly, our second topic was, you know, the role of technology in education. And I think just a quick follow-up question on that. You know, what are the top three IT priorities um, you're working on right now for your, your organization specifically? And it could either be student-facing or it could be more of the classic corporate IT, right? Yeah, yeah. You probably won't be surprised to hear that, um Security and privacy are always at the top of our priorities in, in IT. And it's particularly challenging for us to work security perspective in a university because part of the role of a university is to be open and to share knowledge. So we don't have a traditional kind of walled off network you know, with a firewall. All, we do have firewalls, don't get me wrong, but it's it's a little bit different. When I hire people who have come from a kind of a corporate environment, they find this to be a, a different and a unique situation. So that that's one thing. We're really focused on ensuring security and also making sure that we're paying attention to the privacy of our student 
data. And like most other organizations, obviously we're focused on some of the new regulations pertaining to, to data, to personally identifiable um, information. So we spend a fair amount of time and resources working on that. Right, it's especially where your university is located. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and we do also have to think about because we have research and we and we have data associated with research, we, we have to think a, a lot about that. The second area of focus for us is also on data issues and, and how to um, use data to better serve both students and just in general to help the university make better decisions, right? So, so again, not probably too different to what you might see in a corporate environment. For us, it's got some privacy aspects, especially if, you know, many universities are using data to help students be more successful. Using data that students have generated to kind of predict success and to intervene where they need it. But there's some, you know, some things you have to be careful about regarding the students' privacy as, as you use their data in that way. So, so data, both from a technical perspective and how to manage vast swaths of data that, that we now have available to us, and also from a sort of a policy perspective in terms of thinking about how everybody's data should be protected when we're using when we're using it as their are major areas of concern for us. And, and as I mentioned, a lot of that about is about promoting student success, providing students with the services that they need at the time when they need them in order to be really successful. So there, there are a couple of the things that are pretty high priority for us. Oh, and then as a third thing, we're also uh, very focused on what we think of as the Chapman experience. So we are not a university that's focused a lot on online learning. So I want to make that a little bit clear. We certainly have um, a number of courses that are hybrid or, you know, and we certainly use technology in the classroom and to enable learning. But one of the things that we pride ourselves on is our personalized approach to education. So our students come here because they want to meet working with great faculty and they want to have a great experience here. So using technology to enhance that experience is a, a real area of focus for us, whether that's on providing access to collaborative tools at the time when students need them or, or even providing really great technology enabled spaces for students to use as, as they're working on their their studies, uh, I guess. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that. Do you, do you have like an innovation lab, you know, is the common term inside there? You've talked about the space. Maybe that's what it is. We have a couple of different things. We actually have an area that we call the tech hub. That's where now actually the, the goal, our, our mission in the Tech Hub, students use it too, but our focus is really on faculty. So it's an area where faculty, we, we have a lot of technology in our classrooms. So it's technology that's constantly evolving. So we want to have a place where faculty can come and put their hands on that technology because you don't want the first time you use the technology to be when you're standing in front of your class, right? 
So that's an area where faculty can come and we can consult with them. But we also provide services to students also. But we partner very closely with our university library to provide collaborative spaces where students can connect. We also have a new uh, School of Engineering and we have partnered with the School of Engineering to provide very high tech spaces where students can kind of maker space kind of areas where students can use tools to, to create things that are exciting in the workplace. Again, this is done in partnership. And so I can give you one other example. We, we have a film school. The film school is one of the areas where I think we probably have some of the really amazing technology. When students leave our film school, it's important for them to be able to go and work in the film industry. So it's critical that we're providing them access to those cutting edge tools when they're when they're here at Chaplin. So we partner very closely with our colleagues in the film school to provide labs or virtual tools that students can use in, in creating a movie and rendering their video and, and, and doing things like that. So that's, that's kind of a very fun thing to work on for my team and for myself. That's really good. You know, one thing I always ask people um, when they've had a successful career like yourself is, you know, if you were, um, if you were talking to yourself 20 years ago and you wanted to give yourself some advice, what would that be? Essentially, what do you know now you wish you knew back then? I've had that question before and I always kind of stumble over the answer because I don't regret anything. I've certainly, when I look back at my career, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, and um, but I feel that I've learned from from those mistakes. So there are there some pitfalls I might avoid. Um, Maybe just some some advice or guidance for people because you know we have a we have a range of audience members here. The majority are are CIOs, VPITs, but we've got a lot of people that are early in their career. You know, just trying to understand what's on the mind of the CIO, right? And so I always like to, like to give them a little feedback. I, I think the things that I wish I'd known earlier, <laughs> you know, I, I think um, the critical thing, we work in a technical field, but the critical, the most critical area that we have to work on is working on collaboration with our with other people. So spend time building relationships across both in your own organization and also across your organization. I think that's one piece of advice that I would give to anybody. I also think, you know, I'm a person you mentioned to me before we chatted, you like to talk, you know, I, I like to talk. I'm a chatty person. I'm outgoing. Learning to listen is really important. For a person, when we talk about communication, we all think about, you know, doing a better job of communication is is speaking more clearly or, or delivering messages more clearly. But don't forget that a really critical part of communication is listening and learning to listen well and really hearing what people are saying to you is, is really, really important, I, I would say. And the other thing I would say, especially to people who are leaders or are aspiring leaders, I think it's really important to show people that you appreciate them. So I always kind of say, you know, the two most important words in the workplace are thank you. People need to know that you notice that they've done great work and are paying attention. And, and finally, on kind of like on the non-people related side, technology is a really great field to be in. 
it's constantly evolving, constantly changing. So always be learning, you know, don't and it's so easy to find places to learn today. You can you can go on any of these online education, whether it's Coursera, using some of the courses at Harvard to learn about new technology. So be curious about technology and um, find ways to keep dabbling in new areas of technology, even if you don't have the opportunity to do that in whatever field of whatever your current job is, there's plenty of ways to stay curious. And I, I just am reflecting on what you said earlier in the in the interview here about how you, one of your most impactful parts of your career was maybe doing a bunch of lateral moves, right? To, to go explore different areas. So, so essentially embrace that curiosity, right? Yeah. That's really good. Well, <clears throat> you have any final thoughts for our, our audience, Helen? And, and also, if people wanted to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you? So that's a two-part question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think we've talked around a lot of pieces today, you know, around leadership and uh, technology and, and women in technology. And so I want to say one of the things I think it's really important, I want to especially say this to other women, but but to men too, I think it's important for women who have been lucky enough like me to reach a, a point in our career where we've been successful, it's very important for us to be visible. It's really important for other women earlier in their career to see that there is a path to move into more senior roles. So it's really important for me to be visible. It's really important for me and other women and other male leaders to give back to the next generation. So I encourage people to continue to do that. As a result, I'm here. I'm available to anybody who would like to talk to me. You can reach me via email. I'm, I'm happy to share my email address, which is hnorris at chapman.edu. And I'm always, you know, I'm pretty social. So I'm available on Twitter at CIO underscore Chapman U. And I'll share this podcast on my Twitter. We'll get that out there. But I am here to anybody who would like some career advice or, or just to check in or ask me a question. I, I want to be there for you, people at an earlier point in their career, because there weren't as many women for me when I was younger. So I, I want to be different for other people today. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that take advantage of that. So that's very graceful. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very nice of you. So there you go, everyone. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you got value from today's conversation, please share this podcast with one person you think who would enjoy it. For show notes, episodes, and more, please visit thenegotiator.guru. Look forward to hearing from everyone soon. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon.